Welcome to Voices in Health Law, the podcast of the American Bar Association's Health Law section. I'm your host, Ramana Ramaswaran. I'm a healthcare partner in Catton's DC office. Today, I'm pleased to talk to John Jerrica Hodge, the co-chair of Catton's ESG Risk and Investigations Practice, about the many ways in which ESG intersects with healthcare. Thank you for joining us, John Jerrica. Please introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us about your background. First, thanks so much for having me, Ramana. I've been at Catton for a little bit over seven years now. My practice is primarily spanned handling internal and governmental investigations, corporate compliance, and uh, some appellate litigation. Part of my practice really hones in on helping healthcare providers respond to investigations and uh, related matters under the False Claims Act involving allegations of fraudulent billing, violations of the anti-kickback statute, and things of that nature. A little bit over a year ago, uh, Catton launched the ESG practice that I co-lead with my co-chair, India Williams, who's not with me today because she's on maternity leave. Our practice really came about because we noticed that more and more ESG issues were bubbling up and coming to the forefront for a number of businesses, shareholders, and consumers. So we saw a need to help advise clients on how to handle these emerging and challenging issues in a holistic and strategic way. At at Catton, we really try to partner with our clients and meet them wherever they may be on the ESG journey. So some of them are ESG vets. They've been around and and they know what they want to do. Others are, are new to the ESG landscape. And so our goal is wherever you may be on the ESG spectrum, we want to help you to get to wherever your goal is, wherever you want to be. And so the work that we do here ranges from, among other things, representing healthcare companies and their affiliated entities and creating ESG programs, maybe drafting policies and goals and establishing procedures to achieve those goals. We also advise on ESG-related disclosures, providing benchmarking services, advising on DEI-related issues, and we also provide guidance on newly issued ESG legislation that seems to come out constantly. We also help companies assess their policies, identify any potential legal risks, particularly in light of recent court rulings, and um, handle new government regulations and legislation and help clients make any changes that may be needed. I've taught ESG-focused courses at law schools, including at the University of Alabama and George Mason University. And India and I are about to publish a, a book on ESG very soon. But before we move on, there, there is one disclaimer I have to give, and I'll keep it very brief. And that is, what I share on this podcast does not constitute legal advice and is not intended to establish an attorney-client relationship. And with that, that's all I've got, Ramana. That sounds like a really robust area, John Jerrica. Can you tell us a little bit more about ESG and its role in the healthcare sector specifically? ESG is becoming more of a factor in the healthcare sector. Like many other sectors, financial services, for example, manufacturing, uh, consumer products, etc., ESG is becoming a thing that the public associates with the healthcare sector and that they're, they are expecting reporting and they're expecting results. And also investors in the healthcare sector are expecting this. And so what we've seen in the market, the growing number of healthcare companies thinking about it 
broadly who are either creating ESG strategies or ESG framework for their systems, or they're bolstering their existing ESG strategies or frameworks. I see. So why do you think we're seeing this increased interest? Oh, gosh, there are a number of reasons for that. First one is something that I alluded to previously, and that's the public spotlight. Healthcare, it's going to be no surprise to any of, of your listeners that healthcare is a heavily regulated industry. And with that, there comes a lot of public scrutiny. That public scrutiny is increasing. In addition to that, the healthcare industry is, has seen for years an influx of funding from a variety of sources. And oftentimes, the parties that are associated with that funding are connect that funding in some way to certain ESG obligations. So in light of that, we've seen a number of healthcare companies, again, defining that broadly, who are issuing ESG reports on on what they're doing in this space, or they're making some other sort of reporting on on what they're doing in this space. So because of this pressure from healthcare company stakeholders, as well as the public, and then on top of that, the government regulators, ESG has just become more of a focus point in the healthcare sector. Gotcha. So is there, is there a specific part of ESG, the E, the S, or G, that seems to be the bigger priority, especially in the healthcare industry? No, um, they're all important. Ultimately, it's really going to depend on your organization for, for which one is, is most important to you. For some organizations, they are very hyper-focused on how do they handle the E side of things. So that could range from medical waste, uh, recycling efforts, uh, reducing energy consumption. I could go on, but I will not bore you. Um, Other organizations are are more focused on social issues, which could range from DEI issues to to health equity, et cetera. For example, some organizations have actually undergone racial equity audits. And you'll see across the healthcare sector an increasing focus on whether healthcare services are being provided in an equitable manner and whether there is a discrepancy in results amongst various groups. And last, certainly last least, for the governance side of things, that has always been of extreme importance for the healthcare sector given how heavily regulated it is. And all signs point to the level of regulation in the healthcare sector increasing rather than decreasing. So that's going to ensure that governance remains an essential part of the ESG focus for the healthcare sector. So because ESG is becoming of increased importance, it is very, very crucial that companies remain abreast of where they stand in the market and whether that standing aligns with where they want to be on the ESG hierarchy. Sounds like it's something that healthcare companies should be really looking into. So how do they go about successfully implementing ESG? And have you found that there are certain challenges that they face when they're trying to do so? I might sound a bit like a broken record with saying healthcare sector is heavily regulated. The healthcare sector is heavily regulated. But (laughs) that is one of the challenges here. The healthcare sector, because of the regulations, let's just use patient information. That's one of that's one of the regulations that are under. The healthcare companies are quite cabined in how they can disclose or handle, use patient information. And let's not even go into kind of the regulations on handling uh, medical waste. And there are so many other 
regulations out there that apply to the healthcare sector that we simply just don't have time to go into today. And on top of that, we're now seeing numerous ESG-related investigations and litigation that's coming to the forefront. And we're seeing this on both the federal and the state level. And on top of that, because that's not enough of a challenge for healthcare companies, you have this public scrutiny that's coming in. And so now there's this reputational risk that can be just as damaging, if it's not managed correctly, as litigation risk or investigatory risk. And so one of the items, one of the tasks that, that companies, healthcare companies have to do if they're going to successfully implement their ESG strategy, whatever that strategy may be, is to stay on top of all of these new rules and regulations. So, for example, a number of us in the ESG sector, we are anxiously awaiting April because that's when the SEC is expected to issue its new climate disclosure requirements. And when the SEC does that, it's going to have an impact, whether your company is public or, or whether it's private. So, for example, one of the things we're going to be looking at is just how expensive are these disclosure requirements? Are companies to report on scope three emissions or is it limited to scope one and scope two emissions? That has an impact and it's important. And California's recent legislation in this area is just an example that companies can't just focus on the federal level. State legislation is out there and there will likely be more of it. I see. So as you as you said, healthcare is a highly regulated industry, not to repeat the broken record as you as you described it. But what should healthcare companies be watching out for so that they're not running afoul of the law and are staying in compliance with all these rules and regulations as you're describing? I would recommend that healthcare companies ask themselves three broad questions. Um, and here's the first one. Your actions actually match up with what you're claiming to do. That sounds very simple. We all think, of course it does, but particularly if your company is large and this this would even be a problem in some mid-sized companies. Sometimes what you claim to do just doesn't match up with what's actually occurring on the ground. And so a number of several ESG inquiries were started because Companies' operations didn't actually align with their public statements. So if if you can ensure that these two items match up, those two being what you're claiming to do and what you're actually doing, you can dramatically reduce your risk. Am I saying that your risk becomes zero? I'm not, but it's reduced. And that's what we're in the business of doing, mitigating risk. The the second question I, I would tell companies to ask themselves is, are you in compliance with recent legislation? Federal, state, and international bodies are continuously legislating in the ESG arena. And as this area continues to evolve, it will be important to gauge the applicability of the legislation to your operations and the requirements they impose on your operations. Based on recent litigation trends, it'd be shocking if some of these regulations are not challenged in some way. But that doesn't mean that some variation of these regulations survives. And it doesn't mean that these regulations may not be applied for a bit of time. So it's important to ensure that you're in compliance with this. And then the the last question is, 
who are you working with or or put differently who are you partnering with supply chain issues have triggered a number of ESG inquiries and even resulted in litigation um, although healthcare entities generally may not have the type of expansive supply chains found in some sectors don't need a large supply chain for there to be a risk in this area and so it's it's important to 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 watch out for those things are there other strategies for healthcare companies to strengthen their ESG programs? Sure, there are. Um, I'll, I'll give you five strategies that I recommend. Um, first is do an assessment to see how your policies and procedures in place are actually playing out. Put differently, how effective are they? Second, identify areas for growth. One of the important traits and characteristics of successful ESG programs is that they are evolving. As your risk evolves, as your demands evolve, you want your ESG program to also evolve as well. Third would be create a plan on on where to allocate resources to get your ESG program to where you want it to be, whether that's two years from now, five years from now. Some of the most robust ESG programs, they had to start out somewhere. And so wherever you may be, just figure out a plan of where you want to be and 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 start identifying what resources you need and allocate those resources. The, the fourth item is share your internal assessment that I just referenced with external benchmarking. But differently, survey the market, survey the industry. How do you compare to your competitors? If you aren't making that assessment, the public is. And so this provides you with a competitive advantage. And it could be useful as you're trying to ensure and as you're trying to identify areas for growth. If you're the only company not doing a certain project within the ESG arena and all of your competitors are doing it, you want to know that so that if you decide to continue to not do that, that's at least a conscious decision that you made and it's backed up by some reasoning. It's not simply because you didn't know or you never thought about it. That's something that you want to avoid if you can. And then the last point is create some sort of system to gather internal feedback for on areas for growth. I'm being a bit intentionally vague on that point because for each company, the type of system that you might create is going to differ. So this is all going to be focused on identifying what's going to work best for your company, whether it's in per- soliciting feedback in person, soliciting it by email or in some other format. But whatever that may be, you want to have some sort of system where you can get that feedback. It can be crucial to developing the type of robust ESG program you may want. Gotcha. So we're at the beginning of a brand new year. And one of the things we're always asked about is, what are the top trends or issues? So here's the question for you. What should we be expecting to see in the ESG space, especially as it relates to the healthcare industry? Well, you will not be surprised by my first answer to this. Increased regulation. (laughs) I've said it so many times. That's unfortunate. On this episode. (laughs) I know. It's quite unfortunate. But that's going to be one of the trends. The number of regulations in this area have increased and they're going to continue to do so. And so that's just naturally going to lead to increased regulation. Second trend, 
ESG-related litigation and investigations are also increasing. I have a little tracker that I use to, to look at what lawsuits are being filed in the ESG sector, what investigations are being announced in the, in the ESG sector. And my gosh, the tracker has become so long now because these lawsuits are being filed, these investigations are being announced. And so if you're wondering whether ESG is something that you need to take stock of, it is because companies are being sued and investigated over it. And so you want to make sure that whatever you're doing in this area um, will suffice and, and that draws unnecessary scrutiny. And, and then the last item is ESG, and this is not surprising either, but ESG, at least as a term, not so much so the concept, is becoming very sensitive and it's a very hot button topic in, in certain sectors. And so companies are really going to have to identify what does ESG mean to them and how does it align with their long-term plans? I don't think most of us in the ESG practice, I don't, I don't think we really view it as here's our short-term ESG goal. We enter into the ESG sector because of the long-term benefits. And, and, and the long-term goals we have in the area. And so, and so it's going to be important to figure out what is important to you and, and what is important to your company and how does it align with your values and figure out what does that mean for you from an ESG perspective? Because it's not the same answer for everyone. Each company is different. As we wrap up, are there any final thoughts you'd like to share about the intersection of ESG and healthcare with our listeners? Just a few additional things. Research has indicated that how companies handle their ESG programs and their ESG risk and their ESG opportunities, that impacts their bottom line. So this could both provide a competitive advantage and also a competitive disadvantage, depending on how you handle it. Uh, there's also research that suggests that ESG is becoming more and more important and, and, and relevant when you're recruiting talent. And as we all know, there's a war on talent at the moment um, where we're all competing to get the best talent we can. And this is something that can put you at a competitive advantage. And, and then the next companies in sectors like healthcare that are heavily regulated, you really have to be wary of leaving any opening in your internal processes, particularly in an area that's subject to such scrutiny. You want to make sure that you dot every I, you cross every T, that everything is handled in a way to where if your books are open and you're subject to a review, you've undergone a thoughtful process and you've documented that process and you're able to explain that to someone after the fact. But I think this is maybe the least controversial thing to say ever, there's no question that ESG is going to continue to be a complex issue to navigate. And it's something that companies in the healthcare sector are going to have to navigate. It truly does sound like it's going to be a complex issue. John Jerrica, thank you so much for providing your insight on this topic. If you'd like to learn more about ESG, John Jerrica edits a monthly newsletter called ESG Guidepost, available at catton.com. And now a word from our sponsors. The Health Law Section would like to thank our premier sponsors for making today's podcast possible. Five-star premier sponsor, AAA, 
four-star premier sponsors, BRG and VMG Health, and three-star premier sponsors, Pinnacle Health.